This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. you to open up your word right now, John chapter 15. We're going to be diving in. I believe God has something he wants to share with us today and encourage us. It's going to be really important. John chapter 15. Uh, It says this. I'm going to read starting in verse four. Scripture says this, abide in me. Just say that. Abide in me. Would you say that? Abide in me. Put it in the chat. Abide in me. He goes on to say, and I in you. So when we're in Jesus, then he is in us. It's the way that it works. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, he can do nothing. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that today you're going to speak to us. You're going to encourage us. And so I ask, Father, that this word would settle down deep inside of our hearts. And and like your word says here, that your word would bear fruit. And it would bear much fruit and fruit that remains in us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this week has been challenging on many fronts. It's been shocking, the events that happened in Washington, D.C. And we need to recognize that unless we are abiding in Jesus... The fruit that comes out of our lives isn't of him. And when I was watching the news this week, what I saw was a lot of people who even claimed to be Christians not abiding in him. There was a lot of fruit that wasn't the fruit of love, which is the fruit of every true believer. Those who are abiding in him. And I'm here to encourage you and to tell you, listen, if you put your faith and hope in a man, you're going to be disappointed. If you put your faith and hope in a woman, you'll be disappointed. If your faith and hope is in America, you'll be disappointed. But because my hope is in God, I can have hope for America. Because I'm abiding in him, I can believe and know that America can be changed. This is what we must do, church. This is what we must be. We must be those who abide in him. So I want to talk to you for just a moment about abiding. You see the word abide, it means to dwell, to live, to stay, or to continue. The gospel of John talks so much about love and he, and he uses this word abide so many times. He uses it again in the three epistles he wrote at the end of the New Testament as well, this word abide, because it's something that we've got to learn to do. And one three things I want you to note very quickly about abiding is this. Uh, first of all, abiding is more than positional. It is relational. Abiding is not just our position as believers, it's, it's relational. You see, Jesus, in this text, he wasn't talking about your salvation when he was talking about abiding in him. 
And some people like to see, because later on in the verse, it says, you know, if you're not bearing fruit, he's going to cut you off and throw you into the fire. That is not Jesus cutting you out of the kingdom and throwing you in the, the fiery pits of hell. It's not what Jesus was talking about. He was saying, if you don't bear fruit, you're not in me and I've got to cut it out. You see, what happens is when it's not bearing fruit, it impacts the whole vine. And so we have to, Jesus said, he has to cut away what is not going to bear fruit. God is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. And so we need to recognize that, that abiding is, it's more than just position. Our position as sons and daughters of God, it is, it's relational. Yeah. Jesus is saying, no, you're not cutting you out of heaven. He's saying this, he's saying, you've got to bear fruit in order to advance the kingdom. Think about it like this. You know, there's a, there's a story about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is a story of a, of a son who had a father. He lived in his house, but he chose to walk away from his inheritance uh, at home. So, so here's the truth, is that the son's position never changed, but he chose to walk out of relationship with the father. And because of that, his life changed dramatically. It changed drastically. And so just like that, our position doesn't change when we're not bearing fruit, when we're not abiding in him. Our position doesn't change, but our relationship has. It's remarkable to me even that it wasn't just the prodigal son that left the house that wasn't abiding in him. The son that was still in the house was still as lost. He wasn't abiding in relationship with his father. And this is what Jesus is speaking to. He's saying, I want to have relationship with you. When you abide in me, I want you to stay. I want you to continue. I want you to have relationship with me. The second thing that we realize is that, is that it's abiding is more than following. It's friendship. You know, we're all followers of Jesus. Jesus wants us to be friends. He said, no longer will call you slaves. I call you friends. There, there's a, a different level of relationship that we can walk in. We're a follower of Jesus. We get to heaven. But Jesus is saying, I want you to be a friend. You know, we have friends all over social media. We have followers all over social media. But how many of them are your real friends? How many do you have relationship with as in you really know them? You see, your your relationship with those people doesn't mean it's not real just because it's online. You can have real relationship. You can have real fellowship with people. But just because they're a follower of yours doesn't mean they're a friend. And just because we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that we are friends of Jesus if we're not abiding part of the vine, soaking up all the nutrients as we are a branch of the vine. That's what we have to do. That's the difference. And thirdly is this. Abiding is more than identity, it's intimacy. It's intimacy. Let me encourage you, church. Let me encourage you as someone who who is a son or daughter of God. You're walking in relationship with Jesus Christ. You're a follower of him. You wanna be a friend of Jesus. There's an intimacy with that relationship that God wants you to have with him. And it's beyond your identity as a son or daughter of God. Your identity will not change, but the intimacy level of your relationship with him is completely and totally up to you. Jesus is constantly drawing us to him, but we have to respond to him and desire to go deeper into the intimate moments with him. You see, my relationship with my wife, as her husband, she's my wife, that doesn't change, regardless of the intimacy factor. We cannot be intimate and still be married but it's not a healthy marriage. Right. 
It's not a good marriage. It's not the way it was intended to be. You can have a relationship with friends, but if you don't have an intimate relationship, a closeness and nearness, you're missing something in your life without that intimacy. And we as followers of Jesus, as friends of Jesus, if we don't have an intimacy that he desires, that's what that abiding looks like. It's what he's drawing us to. And here we are in the middle of of January and we're fasting and we're praying. And what are we doing? We're drawing closer to God. We're becoming more and more intimate with him. But you see, the enemy wants to discourage us. He wants to distract us. He wants to get us focused in on other things that are happening. These other things matter, but what they're doing is they're distracting us from our relationship and abiding in Jesus. I I will never forget the first moments of our second son's life. Silas was born and he had a stroke before, about three and a half months, they say, before he was born. He had a grade four bleed. And they showed us scans of his brain on, this, on the second day he, after he was born. And there was brain damage on the frontal lobe. And I'll never forget the doctor saying, listen, there's, there's this gray matter on his, on his brain that you could see in the scan that's brain damage. But they said, we've discovered only within the last 10 years that your brain actually has the ability to heal itself. That God created our bodies to heal ourselves, And particularly our brains have the ability within the first two or three years of our life to continue to produce cells and to continue to, to heal itself and develop. It's remarkable because I know you've heard it probably said like I did growing up, you know, you don't want to hold your breath because it kills brain cells and you know, you never can get those back, right? You know, as I was reading and studying, preparing for this, I, here's what I discovered. There's this, there's this terminology in science called synaptic pruning, synaptic pruning. And I'm not going to attempt to be a neuroscientist here or a neurologist, although my son has some good neurologists. But here's what they do. Every time we go to sleep, this synaptic pruning takes place in our brains. And what it is, you see, the synapses are where the, the, they're like a highway in your brain for memories and for your body to be able to function and do what it's supposed to do. These neurons travel along these synaptic highways in your brain, right? It's all the little branches. Kind of looks like blood vessels in your brain when you look at it. But here's what happens. Your brain, when you sleep, goes in and it literally, the synaptic pruning process looks like this. It literally cuts out, cuts, out, cuts away these highways that you don't use anymore. These memory places that you aren't necessary for your survival or for you to function gets cut away when you sleep and when you rest. So that when you wake up, you wake up feeling clear-headed, refreshed, like, you're, like you're, your mind is, is new. It's because your mind literally has more room for memories. It really is fresh, literally happens. And isn't it amazing that God created our brains this way to function in this way? That he was able to create inside of us a way that cut away things that we didn't need in our minds. And it's just like this in the kingdom. God cuts away the dead things in our life that aren't working, that aren't bearing fruit. You see, in verse 1 of John 15, it says this, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You know, it's a, it's a hard reality that says, if you're not bearing fruit in your life, things get cut away. And if you are bearing fruit, they get pruned so that you bear more fruit. That's a tough reality, but that's the kingdom. That's how much God loves you, that, that he desires for you to bear more fruit. So he cuts away the things that aren't bearing fruit and he cuts away the things that are bearing fruit so that they bear more fruit. That's the kingdom. You know, I, I grew up on a farm and, and uh, 
we had friends and family that raised tobacco. And so we worked in the fields from a little kid at different processes of it. And I got a picture for you there on the screen. The tobacco plant, you know, you use the leaves. That's what you, you, you cultivate. But on top of it is a, is a very small flower. And that flower has to be cut off. It's called, it's called topping. You top off the flower. Uh, and what it is, is really a pruning so that the leaves continue to grow. Here's how God designed nature. In nature, the, the nutrients and, and everything that goes in a plant goes towards the seed, the fruit. It all goes to bear fruit. And so when you cut off and you prune the fruit, what it does is those nutrients are able to go into the leaves and you're able to produce a better harvest. And here's the remarkable thing about this is that, is that this is the way that it works in the kingdom. The way that it works in the kingdom is this, is that you go in and you, you get pruned by God. God prunes you so that the branches develop greater. So that there's able to be more fruit in the future from your life. But at first he has to prune you. We need to embrace that pruning. And here's what the scripture says in, that, in verse three now. It says this, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Imagine that. Jesus is telling his disciples, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. That word clean, look in your Bible, it might have a little notation beside it. So mine says clean. And when I looked at it, the root word for the word clean is the same root word used for the word pruning. And so it's very clear that, that, that Jesus was making the connection here that cleaning is, is the same work as pruning is. That our lives are cleaned as he prunes us. And how does he prune us? This is, this is what I love and this is what is so good. In verse three, again, clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He's told his disciples, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken in you. So how do we get pruned? It's the word of God. How do you make sure your life is clean, that you're abiding in the vine? How do you, how do you know when it's God that is cutting back he, he, and pruning you? It's it's this, it's the word of God. If you're not in the word of God, then it's gonna be more difficult for you to be pruned. This is what we come back to. This is how God corrects us. This is how God cuts things away in our life that he needs to. It's the word of God. What does the author of Hebrews tell us? He tells us this in chapter four, verse 12. He says this, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the word of God. It's a sword, what for? it pierces as far as the division of the soul and spirit. The word of God pierces. And what does it do? It, it, both the joints and the marrow, and it's able to judge, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's not your comments on social media that are judging the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's not your thoughts that are judging others' thoughts. It's the word of God. And when people's actions don't line up with the word of God and when people's thoughts don't line or words or responses or, or things that they put on social media don't line up with the word of God, it's the word of God that brings rebuke and correction. It's the word of God that brings in the place of pruning. And I wanna encourage this church in everything that we do. Listen, if you, if you, if you love Jesus, Jesus said that you've gotta abide in me and you've, in order to bear fruit. He goes on to say that that fruit, it brings glory to God. But if we're not bearing fruit other than that fruit of love, then we're not bringing glory to God. We've got to get in the word and allow the word of God to be the one that prunes us. 
Listen, church, we, we've got to get this right and we've got to do this together. The word of God, as we're in a season of fasting and prayer, you've got to dig into the word of God. Let me challenge you. Today, tonight, in the morning, read John 15. Read, 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 the, read, read the whole chapter. The whole chapter is good. Read John 15. The, uh, Jesus' instructions to us, his encouragement to us about us abiding in him. And then say, God, is my life lining up with this? Is my life lining up with the word of God? That's the question that we're to ask ourselves. I want to put it to you like this. Here's what abiding is. We have it for you on the screen. Abiding is being fully present in his presence and doing nothing else. Abiding is being fully present in his presence and doing nothing else. You see, we get it backwards when we try to do without abiding. It's what I saw a lot of happening this week. People were trying to do in the name of the Lord without abiding. And so the fruit of it didn't line up with the word of God. The fruit of it wasn't love. The fruit of it wasn't this, wasn't honoring our leaders, wasn't praying for our leaders in a genuine, all-encompassing passion of, of, of trying to be people who are following and in the word of God. It's not what I saw. Not to say that some people weren't, but, but the majority of it didn't come across that way. And it's so important for us, church, to look at this and recognize that we cannot do before we be, and that is abide. We must be a people that first understand that to abide in his presence is to be fully, completely present in his presence. How present are you right now? If you're watching on Facebook, there's so many distractions so many things that you can click at and do or whatever. Maybe in your household, you've got kids running around. You've got pets running around as I do now. A dog running around trying to make sure he's potty trained. It's so hard to be present. And to abide means we have to be fully present in his presence. I want to encourage you that this is the perfect moment, perfect season to, to be regrafted to the vine. Watched a, a great video this week. It talked about the vineyard and it showed how the vine, how they graft a, a, a grapevine, these branches into a, a, an existing vine. And it's remarkable uh, how, how, how the new vine, the new bud is able to pull all the nutrients from the existing vine. And that's the picture of us and Jesus. That's what we have to do. And we can't do anything that is worthwhile unless we abide in him. Here's what it looks like. Psalm 91 says this. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. When we, we dwell in the shelter of the most high, we get to abide in the shadow of the almighty. Listen, if, if there's part of you today that feels fearful, that feels afraid, you don't feel safe. Let me encourage you to do this. You must be one who dwells in the shelter of the most high because we get to abide underneath of his shadow. We find safety in him. Why? When, we, when we're abiding in him. That's what we've got to do, church. Psalm 16, verse 11 says this. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures evermore. Are you missing joy in your life today? Has anything stolen your joy? If it has, you're not abiding. 
It's very plain and simple. I listen to people talk about their political opinions. I listen to people uh, talk about their opinions about COVID and masks and, and what our government's doing and all these things. And the missing component that I see in their words and in their life is joy. I'm missing joy. I don't see the joy. We've allowed circumstances of life. We've allowed certain trials, certain things to happen to steal and rob our joy. Here's what's happening. We're abiding in something else. Some of you are abiding in a news channel. You're abiding in a newspaper. You're abiding in a YouTube subscription. And because of that, the fruit that you're producing in your life isn't joy. It isn't peace. It isn't love. Because we're not abiding in him. We can have opinions, church. We, we need to be involved in the political process. We need to be involved in, 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 in caring and loving and, and praying in, 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 our, in our nation and in the future of our nation. And yet we've got to do so while still abiding in him. This is like the call back. This is the, the come back home. This is come back to the vine message. This is saying we must be a people who abide in him. I have one more scripture for you that I want to share. It's found in Joel chapter two, and I'm going to read it. In a different translation, it says this. It says, even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all of your heart in genuine repentance. Wait, is there something that we need to repent for today? Let's not wait. Make this a habit, especially the next few days as we're praying and fasting. Make this a habit right now. Repentance. Father, Lord, I repent if there's any area in my life that I need to repent from. God, forgive me for the words that I have said that were not based out of abiding in you, were not, did not come out with love. God, forgive me for not walking in a place of peace and security in you. Whatever it is that we need to repent of, just, just take a moment right now and repent. Listen, if you don't have anything to repent of, you're probably not connected back into the vine. <laughs> This is a regular habit. This is something that we do. We, we come to the place of repentance. And so it says with your heart and genuine repentance. And then it goes on to say with fasting and weeping and mourning. Wait a minute. Fasting doesn't always have to come with weeping and mourning, but sometimes it does. As we fast, sometimes we weep and we mourn. Listen, I would much rather see a people broken and on their knees weeping and mourning for our nation than doing some of the things that happened this week, church. That's gonna make much more of a difference That's what we need to do. We need to be people who go before the Lord with this. And then it says this, fasting, weeping, and mourning until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. What barriers need to be removed in your life today? Are there barriers between you and your relationship with God that need to be removed? Joel encourages us, listen, in fasting and weeping and mourning, We will do so until those barriers are removed. And I love this part. And the broken fellowship is restored. What broken fellowship is in your life today? Some of you over the past few days have broken fellowship with people in your life, fallen into disagreement because of words that you have said, words that they said, ways that you responded. God wants you to repent. God wants to bring restoration to relationships with you because that's what we do. That's how we are as the church. God wants those things to be restored. And perhaps today you need your relationship restored with God the Father. If that's you, I want you to just say this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I know that Jesus Christ is the son of God. 
and I repent of my sins today and I receive your forgiveness. Make me new. Make me like you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, it's the greatest decision that you can make. You're being grafted into the vine today. But here's the hard truth. It's a daily choice to abide in him. I wanna encourage you right now. When you see political statements, when you see things, when you see President-elect Biden, I wanna challenge you with this. When you see Biden, I want you to remember, abide in me. This is what we do. It's, 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 this is a memory hook for you, right? To abide in him, whether or not you voted for him, you love him, can't wait for him to be president, or whether or not you were on the other side. Abide in me. This is what we must do, church, yeah. to remember to do that. So I wanna thank you so much for tuning in today. We wanna connect with you. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, if you said that prayer and you need to know your next step, if you need to be baptized, if you have any physical need in your life and you need prayer, I want you to simply text MOREOC to 94000. So at the top where you put in a phone number or a name, put 94000, 94000. And in the uh, area where you type the message, just put MOREOC and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We believe and our prayer for you, no matter where it is that you're watching from, is that we can be a people who abide in him. God bless you.